So when you got into realty versus you being not in realty, what were some insights you see now that you're on the other side? So do you mean in, in regards to the industry or like life? Let's go with in the, in the industry. In the industry? I think, <laughs> I mean, we see, we see real estate on TV. And I think that's where lots of people make their judgments and opinions and think they have an idea about what it looks like. Um, I was certainly one of those people. So I think, I think you learn everything <laughs> by, by being, in, by being in, in the game, in the trenches. So by everything, what's, what kind of stood out for you? It's like, so when you take the real estate education, you learn nothing. <laughs> I'm serious. It, it, it does not teach you in real life anything. So I remember, I mean, going to my first showing, even like it, the, the education doesn't talk about how to do that. So I didn't learn anything until I had my feet on the ground doing it. And you learn from there. <laughs> what was your first hard lesson you learned? Oh, there's a lot of hard lessons. <laughs> I think, I mean, <laughs> um, I think one of the hardest lessons to learn was patience because I wasn't a patient person. And I can tell you today that I'm the most patient I've ever been in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're dealing with the public. You're dealing with a million different personalities, a million different needs, a million different ways that people need things. And I think that was, I think the patience was a hard lesson for me. I, I also think a lot of people get into real estate and expect it's just going to be easy. And I don't know what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting it to be easy, but I wasn't expecting it to be what it is. And in such a good way. Like, it's so much more than what I thought it could be. So what did you think it could be versus what it is, what it is now? I, th I thought it was just going to be a job. Like, another job, right? You go Every career I've had in the past or job I've had in the past was like a two-year, you know, you make your paycheck, you're there for eight hours, and you try to use the skill set that you have to advance or learn new things and hope that they pay you more money for your skills. And I, I, I just feel like the ceiling is endless in real estate to, to where you can use your skills and advance. You're, you're a business owner. So that was a learning curve too. Learning how to operate and run your business. No one tells you about that in the education either. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that textbook useful for? It's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> It's, uh, oh, I hate to say it, but it's, it's just a moneymaker for like the provider of the education. It doesn't actually provide you with much. It's sad. You made it through the other side though. The education? Well, you made it to actually be a successful realtor. Yeah. With no help from the textbook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what did you have to do? It's a people job. So you have to like people. You have to be interested in people and you have to be 
flexible and, and willing to learn and grow and change. And if you're passionate, you're passionate about it. If you're not, you're not. And that's obviously going to shine through your work. So it sounds like you're passionate about it then. I and am passionate about it. When did you figure that this is what you were, you were kind of meant to do? I actually don't know if it was what I'm meant to do. I think, you know, you hear that you're, I, th- I hear that you get, you know, like three to five careers in your lifetime or, or something like that, or you switch careers that many times. And I think this is definitely one of them. It might be the first. Everything else I've done in the past has felt like, uh, I don't know what to describe it as, but so this, <laughs> meaningless, meaningless. This is the first one that actually clicked. Yeah. And it felt this, this piece fits here. I'm a, I'm a type A, so I like to have control. I like to lead the way. I like to be innovative and try new things and, and do things the way that I like to do them. And you can, you can only do that so much when you're limited in a container at a nine to five. Yeah. I own my business. I'm the boss. I get to make those decisions on how I run my business and who I work with and, and how I operate and how I treat them. And it's not my boss that's relying on their repeat business. It's me. You take full responsibility. You have to take full responsibility <laughs> for everything. <laughs> how does that weigh on you? It used to weigh on me way more than it does now. Now it's because I've built a foundation and because I've made mistakes and have learned from them, I can rely on myself to, to, do, to do everything or most things right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do everything right. <laughs> Sounds like you trust yourself now more than before then. I do. Yeah. Early in real estate, like you're just getting your feet wet and kind of floundering around and I'm sorry to my first clients, but I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> what would you have done differently? Well, what do you do differently now versus the first time? It's just the, it's just the knowledge and experience that you gain with time in. Uh, and if you still have a passion for it, if you have a passion for it, you want to learn how to do better and what to do and educate yourself in real life about anything related to a real estate transaction. So... I actually don't wish that I did every, anything different. I'm glad that it worked out the way that it worked out. I don't know if I would be here if I didn't start the way that I started. I had a really good mentor. You don't make as much money starting out because you have to split your, split your income. And uh, I mean, it's worth it because of what you learn. But I wouldn't do anything different. Oh. Meant to be. Yeah. So with your mentor then... So what, what did he do to help you along the way? The real life education. So I, th- I think he came with me to my first showing, which <laughs> I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if every broker does that, but, but he did. And he kind of walked me through the process and I just feel like he's been there to sort of guide me. Even today, if I have kind of a question or I need to bounce something off of, I feel like he's a, uh, a grounding kind of a person where he'll give you an, an honest to God answer. Um, and if he doesn't know, he'll say, I don't know. And he might direct me in the, the, the direction where I could find out. We're human, right? We don't know everything, but. <laughs> <laughs> so he built a good relationship with you as well, where you, you still feel confident calling him. Yeah. I, he's a person that operates in integrity and you can tell 
And that's what I'm attracted to. And, and that's what kind of a person and agent that I want to be. So, you, you know, you are, you are who you surround yourself with. Is that the saying? Or, or yeah. And he, he clearly led by example. He did. So I actually didn't interview any other brokers before I got in, um, which is rare. I think that's what people usually do is they'll go and interview different brokers and, and figure out which one is the best one for them. So I actually went out and interviewed after I signed on with my brokerage. I thought, oh boy, I, I should probably do that. <laughs> mistake number one. Mistake number one. Um, it, it wasn't a mistake. My intuition was correct. What set him apart after you did the other interviews? That exact same thing. The, the, the integrity and the, the honesty. I, but yeah. it just didn't feel like the right match. Yeah. So it was a nice reassurance I think your gut is a, is a North Star. And lots of people get far away from that in, in their decision-making. And I think, I think you have to learn to rely on that because it, it will take you far. Oh. When's a time where you've kind of shoved your gut to the side <laughs> and, it got, and it didn't work out? Client matches, people that aren't a good match for me. Um, I often want to say yes. And sometimes I shouldn't because it's not the right match for either of us. And sometimes it's kind of too late by the time you realize that. So I've learned now to say no when it's not a good match. And that's, again, kind of coming back to that gut, that gut, that intuition feeling. And it's like, geez, you know what? I, I did have that feeling up front and I ignored it. So... <laughs> and you paid the price at I that paid time. The price. <laughs> I mean, you don't pay the price. You learn something. Yeah. That's the thing with, with, you know, making mistakes in air quotes. You learn. Yeah. And then by you learning that, it makes it a better experience for you and the client. A hundred percent. You don't want to match up with somebody who's not a match. I think that's with, with any tr trade or any kind of profession, right? You want to, ideally, you choose someone who you think is a match. Oh. You don't want to force it. No. Oh. So you said that real estate has an unlimited ceiling. It can. What's your biggest draw to, to make you stay in realty? A lot of things. Um, I use workaholism sometimes to cope, which if you're an entrepreneur, it works for you. I, that's maybe not a healthy thing, but I'm aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the learning, because it's like n no transaction is the same. They have similarities. No person is the same. No situation is the same. The, the objections that you're going to run into or the problem solving that you're going to run into is always different. There's always something new, something changing. It just feels right because, you know, you're in charge. You own your own business. I can't see myself ever not being my own boss again. Not, not like, like I can't, I could never go back to an office, like a nine to five staring at a computer. I do spend a lot of time on the computer, but I can't, you know, it's, I choose. I think that's the thing. It's, it's an empowering. Yeah. Cause you're deciding. That's right. Whether you're going to work late. You're, you're making all those decisions. Sometimes. <laughs> 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 there's deadlines, there's oh. timelines, right? So. Okay. Sometimes in order to meet those, the, the, there's. There's perks to it too. Perks to timelines or per per perks to 
be having your own schedule, I guess. Yeah. So if I want to leave for a vacation, I can do that. I have people that help me when I'm gone and I can plan ahead. And most people respect that. So it's a trade-off. Ah, it seems more people are starting to respect they are. people recharging. Yeah. I used to work seven days a week. Any time of the day, 24-7. I think I even had that on my Google <laughs> business place at one time. Like, phone me anytime. Um, and that's fine if you want to work like that. But I burnt out at, at a point. And I, I didn't realize that that could happen. So I love my job. I love doing what I do. And I like to say yes a lot. <laughs> How do you manage not saying yes all the time now? So boundaries. I, I don't work on weekends anymore if I can avoid it. My husband and I have different schedules. And we tried both working 24-7 for a while. And our marriage just about failed. And neither of us wanted that. So we changed a few things. So I don't work on the weekends anymore because our, our schedules don't match up during the week and I can see him on the weekends and that's kind of our special time together. And he's coming home earlier in the day. So if I can see him in an evening before we <laughs> you know, pass like ships in the night and say goodnight, then we got a little more time together. And I mean, that's the stuff that's actually important in this world. Yeah. Not that my job and my clients aren't important, but yeah. I am replaceable. And at the end of the day, the people that I love and the people that I care about are our priority. And I think that's another thing that people are starting to realize too is if I tell people I don't work on weekends, um, I give them the option. Like if that doesn't work for you, that is totally okay. And I understand if you work a nine to five and those are your only hours, I'll find you somebody who does work those hours and, and they can help you. And most people are okay with doing stuff during the week more people have flexible jobs that they can leave during the day times are changing yeah so lots of people are mobile so it kind of works yeah it sounds like now though you're letting your job serve you versus you serve the job yeah i guess you could say that how did you figure out to make that transition i didn't have a choice if you burn out you're not going to serve anybody so in order to find out what kind of recharge time I needed or time off or extracurricular activities. I wasn't doing anything for myself but working, which is, you know, it's not a, it's not a whole life. And like this hustle culture and the work yourself to the bone is, you know, you get praised for it. No good job, Michelle. You, you, did, you got all these awards and you worked 24-7 <laughs> and you get applauded for that. And so, of course, some of your need for external validation is like, okay, I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah. You got it, but at what cost? At what cost? And I know there are lots of people. I talked to one agent a few months ago and he was like, I never go on vacation. I was like, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, why, why wouldn't you? And he's a, he's a successful agent. And I just thought like that, that's not a way to live. I don't want to get to 80 years old and not have traveled and not have seen my family and not have gone to a powdery class or gone to a... <laughs> painting lesson or been outside that day that's not that's not a balanced life so what do, what do you do to balance out your life because you don't work weekends now what do you do to actually recharge sometimes nothing which is really hard <laughs> oh, for me to do <laughs> how, how, okay so going from a thousand miles per hour on the weekdays how do you actually 
stop. Force yourself. You force yourself. Even if your mind is going a million miles a minute, and most of the time it is, you can stop and do a puzzle, read a book, go outside, go for a walk, rest. And you'll do these things. You'll do these things. You have to. How do you feel when you first start doing it? Felt unnatural. It felt like it wasn't do any, doing anything for me. Like I wasn't getting anything out of it. And it was hard to switch, switch, switch off of work mode. Because when you leave work at the end of the day, you don't really leave work. You, you, it's coming home. It's at your home with you. Your, your phone is in your hand. Your computer is there. I mean, there's no emergencies in real estate, but timelines and competition and crazy markets. Oof. You kind of have to roll with the punches. So wherever I can squeeze in me time or rest time, you do. And you make it work for you. I mean, you have to make it work for you. I'm not a morning person. I, I want to be so badly. <laughs> um, I never have been. I remember trying to wake up to get to work in the morning every single day working in an office. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. This is just, it doesn't go for my body. And so today I can choose to be on my computer and work late and, and work with what my body wants. Nice. And nobody's making offers at 8 a.m. So <laughs> yeah. it kind of works. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'm not the only one. You know, it's common time to submit an offer at 10 p.m. Oh. Yeah. People get home from work or will go and look at a property. They'll go home and kind of stew on it, have supper. And then they'll get that text or phone call like, hey, yeah, we're ready. Well, so you're sometimes writing an offer at, at 10 p.m. Some people won't do that. It, it kind of depends on the situation, but... Your hours actually work They then. actually do. And you didn't force it. I didn't force it. No. Took a while. <laughs> what, what do you mean it took a while? <laughs> took a while to get there. <laughs> to get to, yeah. to not forcing it? Yeah. What made you stop forcing it? Mindset. I think, you know, getting into it, watching the TV shows and having this vision of what you think it's supposed to look like you chase that at first working 24 seven and saying yes to everybody. And I mean, yeah, maybe that's part of my success. I don't know. What saying yes to everybody or D doing it that way rather oh. than doing it my way. Well, I, th I thought that's what you had to do to be successful. Was work I, to I, the bone. I thought when I started telling people I wasn't working weekends, I was terrified, terrified that I'd lose business and people would hate me and, be like, well, you're a realtor. You're supposed to work on the weekends, right? But that didn't change. In fact, my, in <laughs> fact, my success grew, ah! which is crazy. So, you know, the stories that you tell yourself or those like societal things that you think are things sometimes aren't reality. Yeah. And so you, it terrified you to tell people. Absolutely. And then how did you end up pulling the trigger? Just starting and, and burnout because you don't have a choice. You, you either keep doing what you're doing and keep burning out and now you can't function or you get sick. Yeah. And I didn't want that. Um, or you make a change and you put up with the whatever comes along with that because it's your health and your body and your life. And <laughs> sounds like you got your that actually helped you get your priorities straight. I did. It did. And it's still shifting. <laughs> it's still shifting. I still have a hard time 
dedicating two and a half hours every Thursday for pottery. I'm like, what am I going to miss? Somebody's going to need me or phone me. And oh my gosh, it's getting busy. We're getting, we're heading into the spring market. And <laughs> do I have time to keep doing this? And I'm going to keep doing it. Good. <laughs> but, but it's, <laughs> those kinds of things are kind of scary because you're like, how will that affect my business? Am I losing too many hours in a day where I could be productive in work? Am I going to make up for it later? Am I going to be up till midnight? Let's hit the other side then. You give that 2.5 hours. Do you feel you need to make up for it? No, because oh, my energy levels yeah. are recharged. Hell yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love taking pottery. is just a small example of kind of like a self-care thing that you do. It's soul filling. It's soul charging. So when you go back out into the world, you have more to offer. You're on. Oh. Your, your brain is firing better. You're, you're recharged. You're happier. It's kind of a win-win. Oh, how did you stumble upon pottery? I've always wanted to take a class. I, I, I did it in high school and remember sort of vaguely. I mean, I loved art in high school. It was my favorite class and had the best teacher. So I've always been interested in art. It's sort of a natural thing that I've had my whole life. And it was just one of those bucket list things that was there and I never hit the button. And I was like, I'm going to hit the button. I'm going to just go for it and do it and see what happens. And I was on fire after my first class. Like I phoned, <laughs> phoned my husband and I phoned my mom and I was like, I just got out of pottery and it was not what I was expecting. It was so much better. <laughs> and I, I think that was a little clue to like, here's what you're missing out on in life. If you keep going the way you're going. And I kind of think that, yeah, by not doing some of those things and then going back to them after burnout and being like, wow, my brain, my body, my soul needed that. And I didn't know. You kind of get used to that, just the same feeling. I mean, there's, there's highs and lows in real estate and the highs can be great and the lows are awful sometimes, but this is not the same. It's a, I don't know, creating and, and doing something for you and kind of being present, which I think is really hard to do in this, this age, just being present with what you're doing and learning something new and, and making something tangible. I don't know. They just, it just ticked all the boxes for me. <laughs> so what have you, what have you made so far this pottery journey? Um, I think I've made about 10 or 15 pieces so far. Um, we're four weeks in I've made, made cups. Weeks? I, yeah. So, so the teacher wants you to just get, on the wheel and get experience <laughs> and it doesn't matter what you create i mean she's she's obviously directed us in a few different methods and things to create but mostly it's like just get a feel for it and and learn the technique and it doesn't matter what you make so i've made mugs i've made bowls i've made a mess <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you have a failure <laughs> yeah. and uh that's just part of the learning right i made um one of the things i really wanted to make was a candle holder but it's sort of an advanced item and she didn't teach us so i thought you know i'm gonna try there was another girl in the class who was a little more advanced and i kind of asked her i saw her make one and i asked her and she she told me how to do it and so i was like oh i'm gonna try it and my first attempt was a complete failure <laughs> i had to scrape the clay off and start all over again and uh, the second time around, I, I did it. Oh, nice. Without any instructions. It's, again, I think it comes back to sort of like trusting your instincts and your, your intuition and your gut and the feel for yourself. And it just is like it naturally leads you. 
So I think that's part of why I like it too. It's it's very. I don't even know the word I'm looking for. It's a almost a flow state you're in. Yeah, yeah. You could, I mean, being a little bit of a perfectionist, you could spend hours on that wheel with the piece that you're working with trying to perfect it. I think that's part of what I like about it too is it kind of teaches you that you there's no room for perfectionism here. <laughs> you have to fail. You have to make a mess. You have to screw up some pieces. And be okay with and it. And be okay with it. Yeah. And I am. <laughs> Five years ago, I might not have been. <laughs> I might not yeah. have gone back to pottery at all. Can't yeah. be scared to fail. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you said you had really high highs. How do you pick yourself up from a low? Uh, I think part of those those low times are, you know, yeah, you have to go back and fill your own cup. I rely on my husband a lot because he is also in real estate and bouncing things off him he kind of laughs because he's been there and done it and he's like this is not a big deal <laughs> yes. yeah and it feels like a really big a big deal at the time and um <laughs> i i think it's this is a really funny thing to say but he's always like it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter forget about it like in the grand scheme of things it doesn't matter wow. he's right he is. he's right yeah. like in the grand scheme of things we trick ourselves into thinking it matters. Yeah, like it's the end of the world or it's going to affect your business or... It's not uh, who you are. You, you screwed something up for someone or they don't like you anymore. Or that's so not the case ever. <laughs> but <laughs> your, your brain goes there and... You blow it up in your own you head. You blow it up in your own head, yeah. And, and being the kind of A type, like you want it to go your way. And if it doesn't, you're like, No. <laughs> <laughs> this has to go my way. <laughs> it's so strange because you say you're an A-type, but you don't force anything anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> it worked against me. Yeah. It worked against me. And just learning those lessons, heading into burnout, you know, things not going my way. I don't want to, life's too short to live that way, to have all those lows, to try and like drag yourself. You dragging yourself down dragging yourself through the mud it's too short yeah you want to be enjoying it i've been depressed in my life i've been to the lowest of the low places and so like nothing really compares to that so i think once you've been there too you, your highs are a lot different once you come out of that and they're higher ah so what makes it higher Knowing what the low actually feels like. Knowing what real rock bottom yeah. for you is. And enjoying the highs so much more. So you're still grateful for all the things that come to you then? So grateful. <laughs> the, and, and they don't even have to come to me. It's, it's small things. It's small things. It's like driving my car on a sunny day. The sun shining in my eyes. Like that's... <laughs> I know that's really small, but that's like a big thing just to feel, to feel good, to feel good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a small thing, but it's a big gratitude. What's a small thing that somebody you've worked with has done that made the largest impact? Somebody I've worked with. A couple things come to mind. I worked with an agent once who 
treated me like shit. And I called them on it. And they came back and they apologized. They owned their behavior. And that was a really big deal to me. My respect for them skyrocketed. Another one is just sort of the, the gratitude from clients. You know you've worked your ass off and maybe they can't see all of the things that you've done behind the scenes for them or like the stress that has kept you up at night. They don't see that stuff. So just even a small little thank you or a somebody wrote me a card. I mean, a few people write cards, little gifts, things like that. And I just, that kind of makes my job worth all the stress. Just knowing I impacted them in a positive way. Just that little thing. And it just a little thing. Yeah. Or, or to see, to see them happy in their home. If I see a client like post a picture of their family Christmas, I'm like, oh yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy for them. So through all the homes you've sold, it still hits. Every time. Every, Every time? Every single time. Every single time. <laughs> I know it's, it's a small, it's like one of those highs. Being a, being a homeowner is a big deal. To me it is. Yeah. It's a big deal. Lots of people can't do that today. But to you it is too then. Absolutely. <laughs> still. It's through still all a the big years. deal. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't grow up with money. I never thought that I would be not renting. I always thought I was going to live in a tiny little apartment. And that was like li living paycheck to paycheck. I just kind of thought that's where my life would be forever. So then what made you push the limit if you thought you were always going to be there? My husband. Fuck yeah. He, I guess seeing his success and, and being like, wow, both of us have been through a lot. And so seeing him, seeing him in the success level that's, that was possible and his encouragement, he's always been like my number one fan. He still is. So just seeing, just having that support and having his encouragement was... That's lots of the time what keeps me going. <laughs> and you live, you live and you married this man. I did. Nailed it. I did nail Nailed it. it. Nailed it. Yeah, totally. Oh yeah, completely. He would say the same thing about me. <laughs> I, I know you know our history and, and all the things that we've <laughs> been through and we've been through more since, since that. So I just know that we can get through anything together. It doesn't matter what because we both have each other's back. All the time, no matter what. And proven. And proven. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I think that having somebody in your corner, I mean, every everybody I know and love has been supportive, but he's been there no matter what. He's the constant. He's the constant. He's my rock. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. He inspires me and he calls me his North Star. So I think we inspire each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's an ideal relationship though. Wasn't always like that. So where we are today has taken a lot <laughs> and has been worth all of the, all of the money and time and therapy and <laughs> everything that we've been through has been worth it. I have never been more excited for my future. What makes you excited I for the future? I think for a few reasons. I think because our relationship has never been better. 
um, I mean, of course we have our times and we're still growing and learning. Also because of, I think the hard times form, form you. I think they, not that they harden you, I actually think they soften you, but, <laughs> or they should. But I think, I think going through really hard stuff is what develops you as a human. We weren't meant to live a easy, comfortable life. We do. But if you, like, if you think about the actual nature of humans, where we came from and what we used to do to survive, we were supposed to fight. Yeah. But now we can just turn the heat on. We just turn the heat. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, I think those hard times really define you. I think they, they shape you and form you. And I guess it depends how you choose to go through it and move through it. What made you choose then to keep going? I don't know. I'm stubborn. I'm stubborn. <laughs> nice. I'm, I want to win. I want to do well. I want to be happy and succeed and feel fulfilled. And yeah. I think being at those lowest of the lows also kind of kicks that into high gear. I never want to go back there. And I'll do anything not to go back there. Yeah. Anything. You've tasted defeat. I've t- it's not even defeat. I mean, depression is a real thing. Yeah. Suicidal ideation is a real thing. And I don't wish that upon my enemy. I don't have any enemies, but (laughs) if you've been there and you've been to the other side, you will do anything not to go back there. I know what it feels like to not want to live. And now I can't imagine anything taking that away from me, taking that will to live away from me. Without a fight, at least. Without a fight. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Life is precious. Yeah. Yeah. Some people don't give it the the weight that it should hold. Totally. Or even time, the weight that it should hold. Totally. Time. (laughs) My birthday is coming up and I'm feeling old (laughs) and wise. Yeah, yeah. I like the wisdom that comes with age. Yeah, well, we're, uh, yeah, 23rd coming up. So how do you, how do you notice the difference between when you first started energy levels versus what you are where you are now? Because you said you're almost crushing forty. It's different. Um, I guess like do you mean when I before real estate and after real into real estate? Yeah, yeah. So I guess before I was going to the gym a lot. I was probably eating a lot better. Some of the burnout was because I was not doing anything for myself anymore. Like physical activity went out the window. I started bringing my laptop to the gym and was there for like four hours. And it was just, I stopped going. Cause I was like, I can't, I, I can't keep doing this. It's one or the other kind of a thing. And it's not, but that was my mindset at the time. You're like, Oh man, you have to make all these sacrifices, right? It's just, the energy is different because the energy I get today comes from my mental health is in such a better place my spiritual health is in such a better place. I'm not physically what I once was, and that's okay because those other things are more important right now. The physical stuff will come back, but it's it's the self-care. I think your level of the level of self-care equates your energy. I think it does. Yeah. So the more you've actually put into self-care, you've gotten out of it. Yeah, I think so. I think I, th- I think your relationship with yourself too, right? I you know, I questioned myself. I didn't have 
the confidence that I have today. I didn't have the experience that I have today. And I think those things have a lot of value. And in your energy levels, you don't have to spend all your time kind of spinning your tires, trying to figure it out. I know now I already have that experience. You know what to focus on now. Yeah. Yeah. So then the energy doesn't actually come from the pressure of hustle culture anymore. It comes from something else. It's your own energy. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. No, but it, it makes sense though. Cause before you probably felt pressured. I did. I, I, I got to work cause this is, this is what a real estate agent does. Right. Yeah. I did feel that pressure today. I still feel a little bit of that pressure because yeah, you do have to work really hard. <laughs> you do. Yeah. What I've realized in life is you're going to work really hard regardless. Exactly. <laughs> Choose your hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. What do you want to put the energy into? Cause you're going to have to do it anyways. Yeah. And some days I don't have any energy and I'll try to honor that. And I think most people understand these days because of the last few years that we've been through that mental health is really important and people are seeing that now it's like too little too late but at least it's now rather than never yeah but i think if you you know if you let people know where you're at and and you're honest about it and you're honor yourself i think that's also balancing your energy so by you being honest with your clients yourself and your your friends and family yeah there's nothing that can take the importance of honesty and integrity away nothing that is that's number one yeah well that's what you stand on yeah that's the foundation literally yeah i learned that in aa oh (laughs) It, it took and a colleague of mine actually it took me a long time coming from you know the background of where i came from in addiction and alcoholism learning that you had to get honest with yourself and that that was kind of the foundation to build on in in addiction recovery wouldn't wouldn't put so much priority on it if it wasn't true (laughs) it's true yeah so the top that's the top that's number one i think without that you have nothing and i think it's so rampant in our culture today dishonesty and deception and yeah makes me sick yeah definitely and it's not it it could be deception to another person but even just when you lie to yourself right that's when it hurts the most yeah totally how was the transition to you being honest with yourself how how was that how'd you take it i didn't know who i was after i got honest with myself i remember my first year being sober and I got to the end of that my first year and that's like a big deal, right? To celebrate 365 days. Hell yeah. Yeah. And I remember, I think I was in my, like riding home in my car that night after the, you know, you have a cake for your 360, your birthday, your your AA birthday. And uh, I remember in the car ride home, I was like, who the hell am I? What do I believe in? What are my morals and values? Like, I don't even know any of that. I better start figuring that out. And I think that's one of the hardest journeys in, in any recovery from addiction because you lose yourself and you lose what's important. And when you start getting honest with yourself, it, that's, that's the foundation. Yeah. And re- realizing when you're lying to yourself because it comes up in so many forms. Yeah. And if you've been doing it for a long time, I think it's like natural to you. Yeah, it's a habit. Yeah. yeah. 
And you, <laughs> this is a deep podcast today. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> More than just real estate. Yeah, well, that's, we can get real estate stuff from a freaking Google search. You can. <laughs> TV, TV and online. <laughs> no, it's, it, I appreciate you being so open and honest about that. Cause I, think it's, I think it should be shared. I think people need to, I think people need to tell their truths. I think that's how we connect and that's how we heal. If somebody didn't share their truth with me, I don't know if I'd be where I am. Shared their truth with you? It takes a lot in this world to be completely vulnerable and open. Doesn't it? 100%. So if somebody wasn't completely vulnerable with me and those people in those rooms in AA was, weren't vulnerable and shared their story and their struggles with me, I didn't feel alone anymore after I heard those stories. So in a world where we're so segregated and separated and lots of us feel really alone, other people sharing where they're at and their vulnerabilities and their truths help us to not feel alone. And I think that's what we're here for. We heal in community. So if someone wasn't willing to share their truth and their vulnerability with me, I wouldn't be here today. And so I try to share. I try to share that. I'm a transparent person. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of my past anymore. That was me then. This is me now. Yeah, I did those things. And I'm, I, I wish that I didn't, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, who hasn't messed up? We're human. You have to. You have to. <laughs> if you're not, I think you're doing it wrong. Yeah. I mean, you have to take risks in life. But I think, yeah, I think, I think vulnerability is a big piece of what's missing from this world. You know, we all try to be the Instagram, you know, highlight reel. And I'm guilty of it because that's like what you're supposed to do, right? Can't figure that one out yet. It's what they tricked you that's into what thinking. They, tri- yeah. <laughs> they tricked you into thinking that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Well, they, it worked. They you tricked pr- me. You should probably work 24 hours a day, seven days a right. week. Everybody's doing it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, everybody I know is doing I'm sure it. To bust the, I'm sure to bust that myth. Yeah. Because clearly you found when you stopped working 48 hours, it actually grew your business and helped your mental health. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm just as successful. If not more, more, if not more, if not more, because you can give more, you can give more to your family and your clients. Yeah. Because success, it can't just be all in the business. It has to be in your community. Success, I think is, I mean, you can find success in any area of your life. I think a lot of us place our worth and our value on the success of our financial situation or on our jobs what our title is and I get that there is a little bit to that for sure because you've worked hard and you've put a lot of hours in and if you went to school for your job and you are really good at your job there is validity in seeking that external pat on the back yeah for sure but it's not everything no and when you die what matters the memories you left behind (laughs) What do you say about your grandpa who passed away? Yeah. (laughs) He loved cooking and he 
treated his grandkids like gold. Not, you know, the job that he worked. He was really good at just not being around because he worked 168 yeah, hours a week. No, no one says that. And I think lots of people on their deathbeds wish that they didn't work as hard. Or work as or much. Or worked as much. As much. Right. You can still work hard. Just sure don't you can. As much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think things are shifting. I freaking I think, hope so. I think things are shifting. Yeah. I mean, you can do what you want. You, you can. You can do what you want. If you want to work 24 hours a day, you go for it. Let me know how that works out for you. Yeah. Some people can do it. I don't... For how long? Well, if you're using it as a coping mechanism or if you're trying to run away from other things in your life, that can be why. Some people do that their whole lives. Yeah, to avoid facing yourself in the mirror. Yeah. That makes sense. Because, that, yeah, that's another... That's a driving force. You're avoiding something. Yeah, but I think it's also encouraged, especially in in past years, I think it was encouraged, especially with men, right? You have to be the breadwinner. You have to work and make, you know, provide for your family and your role in this world is to work. You don't have any, don't have any feelings. Don't, don't cry. Don't uh, show your emotion. I think it's, you know, you used to get applauded for working 24 hours a day. Yeah, and not sleeping. And, and not sleeping and coming not in, being tired. with your family. and Yeah. Yeah. What do you think started that shift from being... People being fed up with it. <laughs> I think people have been saying like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. You look at younger generations and they're like, you want me to work in the office nine to five? No, I'll find a different job. Thanks. I'm yeah. seeing that. The whole cultural shift. Then. Yeah. They're like, I don't want to do that. Sorry. I want to live my life. Yeah. That's what it's for. It is. There's some balance, yeah. In this world right now, to survive and make money and live, you probably have to work. And that's your choice to, like, what extent. <laughs> There's so much opportunity in this world. There's ways to make money that are easier than others, and if you can find them, great. Yeah. That's uh, one thing I was reading. It says, just find a thing that you can do that's a little less painful for you than somebody else, and that might be what you, that what you should do. That's a good piece of advice. <laughs> Doesn't have to be burnt. Just has to be a little less painful. That's right. Well, I also think there's, I mean, people will pay for anything these days. Every, everybody's a specialist online or a guru or a coach or whatever. And that's fine. I, I do think that life experience sometimes holds more value. Look at the real estate course. <laughs> life yeah. experience holds more value than, you know, the course that you took. Totally. Sometimes. Well, there's that huge saying, beware of unearned wisdom. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But I think if you can find something that you align with and run with it, that's the key. Yeah. And then keep doing it. Sometimes you have to start. Just start. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you start somewhere. And I honestly think with anything, if you work hard enough, or if you dedicate enough time, if it really does it for you, chase it. Yeah. I, I think I'd clarify that with if you work hard enough and you still self-assess yeah. and, cr and improve. Yeah. 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 Then, then you, you can't really fail. No. If you're doing something, you're like, I hate this. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Try something else. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You have choices. Yeah. Don't force it. I think lots of people fall victim to the world. Um. 
Yeah, I know. Oh, controversial. Well, no. Uh, expand on what what's fall victim to the world. Like me, you think you're going to be in this apartment your whole life in this little boxy apartment, making minimum wage, working paycheck to paycheck. So that's you. You don't you, have you, to. Yeah. You don't have to. You can push out of it. There are so many opportunities in this world today with being online or, my God, yeah, whatever you want to do, really. There's so many opportunities. You don't have to do that. You don't have to work nine to five. Maybe that's the best option for you right now, but maybe you can try starting something on the side. There, is that where your passion is? Maybe you, you know, I, lo- I know lots of business owners that started doing something on the side of their nine to five and eventually they were able to quit. <laughs> and yeah, okay, sometimes you will have to work 24 hours a day if you, if yeah. you do do that. And I mean, for a short burst, for a short burst. Yeah. Till you, till you get some footing and you know what you're giving up during that time. It's concentrated effort. Yeah. But I don't think you have to fall victim. Everyone has more potential than their cubicle. They do. Yeah. It's endless. Yeah, absolutely. You can redefine your entire life in five years. I did. (laughs) Oh, right. Really? Maybe a little longer than that, but. (laughs) But still, you... Look at where I was in 2010 (laughs) before I got sober. Yeah. You look at her and you look at me today, we are not the same. Definitely not. We're not the same. (laughs) Inside, outside, every piece of me is different. Yeah. You don't have to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. You came to that realization then early. Yeah. Well, or was it, when did it happen? Yeah. I think at a point you get so uncomfortable with doing what you're doing. You're like, I I can't keep doing this. I got to do something different. I can't. I mean, you could, (laughs) (laughs) but for me, I'm like, no, I can't keep doing this. I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm finished. And if you have the support and encouragement of others, it makes it a lot easier, but sometimes you have to be your own cheerleader and you're like, I can do this. I got this Mm. or find God, there's so many groups or like online communities that you can go and look for that support and people will lift you up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get a couple wins under your belt. Totally. Or even if you you don't, you can look for advice on how to. Yeah. I remember joining a, there's a Facebook group. It's like real estate women. I read people's posts. I'm like, okay, first of all, that's really vulnerable to like put that out there and then all of the replies and encouragement that people post is like, there's your community. Just people <laughs> lifting other people up. Yeah. It's nice to see that. Yeah. Treat people as humans. Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody's worth it. You just yeah. give them a chance. 100%. Yeah. Don't surround yourself with people who don't lift you up. Yeah. Change it. Yeah. Go find them. They're out there. Definitely. Wow. Should, should we call it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs>